News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Now, government policy published yesterday seeks to create better pathways into further education. And for more on this, we're joined now by Simon Harris, Minister for Further and Higher Education, Research, Innovation and Science. Uh, good morning to you, Minister. Um, what exactly does that mean? The, the, these improved pathways, what can Leaving Cert students or those in second level expect to change? Well, you've heard me say in your programme before, and I really passionately believe it, that we need to broaden the pathways to get to where you want to get to in life. I think we have had too narrow a view, perhaps a a bit of a national obsession about the CAO process and the points race. I think we put a huge amount of pressure on young people as a result of that. You could have two students sitting side by side in a class today, both want to be a nurse, for example. Uh, One could do very well in a Roche exam, go on to, to, to study a nursing degree. The other mightn't do as well, doesn't get a place in a nursing degree, but might even make a better nurse. We need to make sure that that student who doesn't necessarily do well in Roche exams or may not get the points can still actually have the career that they want. So what I want to do is make sure that our further education and training colleges, and we have many brilliant ones around the country that run post-leaving cert courses, have real close alignment with our universities so that if you if you go on to a further education college after school, you do a post-leaving cert course in law, in mm-hmm. nursing, in whatever else, and you work really hard and you do well, that you can actually go from there and into university. There are some examples of where this happens. It's too informal, not enough. We're going to be investing a lot in higher education and it has to not be about the institution but actually about the learner the citizen being able to move through the system and make sure every step counts. Okay, so so, so we're talking about a, a broadening of, of the, the PLC system. Is, is that what this is? Well, we're talking about, I suppose, an alternative or a parallel pathway to the CAO system. So at the moment... At the moment, most people get into university, as you know, through the, through the, through the Leaving Cert and then the CAO, the points race, if we, as it's become known. I want to make sure that in addition to that, more and more students can actually move from further education colleges, from the PLC route, onto a university degree, if that is what they wish to do. Um, there are some examples of this, but there isn't enough. And now that we're about to invest 307 million euro more in higher education, um, this is one of the key reforms that I'll be looking for from the sector in return for that very significant investment. Okay, so and this is in tandem to things like 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 a broadening of the of the apprentice system and things like that. So, are we, I suppose, in effect, trying to create other options rather than the CAO, which is a narrow system and, as you say, very much written exam based. Well, that's entirely it. That's entirely it. And I suppose we've already started, uh, as you'll know, this year, six year students are the first students ever that when they go onto the CAO website, they see the traditional CAO options, but they can also now apply online for further education and training colleges, and they can see lots of information about apprenticeships. We know that we have huge skills shortages in this country. In fact, I'm on my way to Sligo uh, to launch a new apprenticeship in commercial driving, an area that we've massive skills shortages. We know we've skills shortages in terms of construction, in terms of the hospital hospitality sector, in terms of the tourism sector, uh, in terms of things like retrofitting. These skills shortages haven't happened by accident. They've happened because we have a system in place uh, that has been too rigid in terms of talking to people about their options after school uh, and too rigid in terms of helping people progress. This has to be about no matter where you end up in the education system, being still able to progress to the career that you want, rather than this idea of narrowly funneling everybody through one system. And by the way, in my view, the massive mental health challenges and wellbeing challenges that poses on people at a very young age. Okay. Uh, uh, to be honest, it sounds like a no-brainer because there has always been people who don't fit I- into that system and, and, and it strikes me as that there was no system for them. So it's a strange thing. O- other things under your bailiwick, Minister, um, there has been talk of a reduction in fees. When are we likely to see that happen? 
<laughs> yeah, you were asking me this the last time. I look, it's a very valid. Yes, I am asking. He wants more. This is, a, this is a very valid, a very valid issue. But the answer does remain the same. Um, obviously, we'll determine in the budget uh, what we can do in terms of additional student supports. We have outlined a government policy, which I'm not very pleased with, that that identifies a couple of things. One, we need to reduce the cost of education for working families, and two, that there are two ways of doing that within my department. One is significantly improving the student grant system. The other is by reducing the fees. I'm very clearly on the record that I believe reducing the fees is something that needs to, to happen, at least happen over time. I think €3,000 per student is too high, particularly when a okay. lot of families have more than one student in college at the same time. But, but, but Budget Day is, is D-Day in terms of progressing that policy. Okay. Will there, will there be any change to the, the system of postgraduate degrees, masters and things like that? Lots of people feel the need to have one of those now. They're very expensive, more than 3000 yeah, they are. So, so, so two things on that. Firstly, we have significantly increased the level of the grant for somebody now doing a postgraduate master's and we've increased the income level so that more people qualify. As part of this discussion that we're now having with the sector about you know, what does a properly funded third level education system look like, access to postgraduates uh, is a big part. If I'm to be really honest about this, I'd say in the past, because the higher education system has been underfunded, I think uh, that underfunding has been somewhat cushioned by colleges charging more for master's programs in this country than they do in other countries. So as part of our implementation group, we'll be be looking at the whole issue of the cost of the masters and how we can better support people access postgraduates. I should say to your listeners, we had the first meeting of our implementation group yesterday. We've only decided three weeks ago the new policy for funding higher education. We had the first meeting with with the implementation group yesterday. We're meeting again in June uh, to really try and make progress for September and of course for the budget in October. Okay. Uh, a couple of other things that are, are, are sort of related to, to your own area. Um, the results for the Leaving Cert, we still don't have a date for when students may get those. And indeed, we're being told now we may not know until they're actually already sitting their exams. A great deal of stress in that for students. Yeah, I'm frustrated about this, but nowhere near as frustrated as I'm sure Leaving Cert students are. I suppose the rationale behind this is that this year students are being given an option of having having a second chance to sit the Leaving Cert if they get covid that's a good thing to do. It's a thing to, to try and help students make sure that if they do get COVID, uh, that they can still do their Leaving Cert this year. However, that has resulted in the State Examinations Commission saying that they're not yet ready to say uh, when the Leaving Cert results will be out. I'd say two things. I, I would think that if they can't give us clarity now uh, in terms of exactly when it's coming, they should give an indication. Will it be the month of August? Will it be early September? And the second thing I'd say is they, they really need to try and get the results back if at all possible to the tradition of the end of August. This has a direct knock-on effect on students. There's a direct knock-on well, effect does. on families. Uh, even uh, accommodations, like holiday, exactly. And but even more than that, if, you, if, you, if you're a student who, who intends to, to go uh, and be away, a first-year student, you know, leaving home for the first time, you are at a significant disadvantage in terms of student accommodation ahead of other years of older, maybe more mature, maybe more experienced students. No, absolutely. I've conveyed this in the strongest possible terms to the Department of Education, to the State Examinations Commission, who ultimately decide the date. Um, I am hopeful that the date could be a little bit earlier than, than last year. I really think it needs to be. Um, my understanding, and, and I'm reading media speculation on this this morning, um, is that the State Examinations Commission seem to want to wait for the first exams to kind of start so they can see how many students actually take the first exam, therefore how many might need the second chance of doing it. But it is a very okay. stressful time and it would make it hugely helpful, not just for students and their families, but also for the sector I'm minister for if the, dates, if the results could come out in August rather than September. Minister, an extraordinary story in in the papers today, sticking with the Department of Education. The Department of Education objecting to housing on the basis that there aren't school places already in place in certain areas. This cannot be allowed to stand. 
I agree with that, but I, but I'd also say something else. I mean, I think it's an indication. I, I, I mean, I, I'm frustrated when I read this story. I, I live in Greystones. I represent a, a a community which has seen very significant uh, growth in terms of housing, thankfully, but also that has placed huge demand in relation to new schools, yeah. extension school places. You know the state needs to do more than one thing at a time and this is an indication to me of a system that needs to be much better aligned and much better uh, working much much more closely together the idea that the department of education feels it necessary to make its views known through the planning process rather than actually the local authority the department uh, and others sitting down to say well obviously we need housing. it seems extraordinary in a time of a housing crisis that that a state agency uh, as it were is objecting to housing that seems extraordinary I concur with that and I find it I find it frustrating but I also think that I also think it's an indication though of the need for much closer alignment between new houses going in and school places going in and it can't be too much to ask that actually government departments and state agencies work together on this we, we can't delay the provision of housing supply of course we can't it's a national emergency but at the same time we do need to make sure that school places are there and new schools are there and it simply needs to be more aligned rather than Pen Pals International, people writing letters. One state agency objected to what yeah. they're doing. I don't think that's a good way of doing business. Lastly, Minister, um, some calls from, from, from Fine Gael politicians for a junior minister for passports. It seems extraordinary. Can you give us your reaction? Well, look, the, I, I suppose at the level of the frustration that, uh, that those we represent are feeling in relation to the passport situation, I, I, don't, think, I don't think that is the way to go, I should say. Um, but, I, but I mean, it is a very, very serious issue at the moment in terms of particularly um, first-time passports. So new babies, new children, young children yep. getting their first passport. I suppose that frustration... It sounds like Scrap Saturday, frankly, that we would have a Minister for Passports. Well, look, I think it was an indication of the level of, of frustration people are feeling. There was a very detailed discussion. It's meant to be a confidential meeting. But I mean, the discussion was very much focused on solutions, what can be done to speed up the process. A lot has happened to speed up renewals. People are now getting renewed passports very, very quickly, uh, within a couple of days in most cases. But there is a real, real issue. And we're all seeing it in our offices in relation to first time passports. My colleague, Minister Coveney, is working to address it. And last night, I suppose, was an opportunity for colleagues to a, give their views and also share ideas and what they thought. All right. Look, thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That is Minister for Further and Higher Education, Simon Harris. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.